Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, episode 87 coming at you. Really good.、Uh, again, I'm liking the, the groove we're getting in with this podcast.、Um, Get your, pen and paper, get your pen and paper ready. Lots of, you know, several different things to look at. Some wacky, some deep. We got in the, the main middle chunk of the podcast. I went off, you know, on、um, some cultural shit that you really need to understand what dealing with Japanese people. I think it's really important, especially for work related situations or friends or just something you need to be aware of. Uh, give that a listen to. But, but, but in the beginning and the end, there's several small articles or, or, or things for you to dig into, go down the rabbit hole. One in really interesting thing at the, at the front、um, media related stuff for your own, again, edutainment, as I use, you know, which, which I try to do on this podcast. So give it a listen, get ready to take some notes, and bing, bang, boom. Enjoy. What's happening, people? It's episode 87. I'm back up in this thing for another episode with you. Hope everyone's good. Hope you had a good week.、Uh, I, yeah, I have had a speedy one. Again, final week of August as I'm recording this. Technically, yeah, to, technically, is it past midnight? We're getting down to almost midnight, the final day of August. Again, summer's, summer's a wrap. I'm already looking forward to football, American football, depending on where you're from. Already looking forward to、uh, football season sizing up, you know, the games and whatnot.、Uh, I warned my wife, like, football season starting. Sorry about that. I'll start watching highlights with my son, yelling, getting them yelling touchdown. So,、mm. it's good. Got some more Costco wine on, on my side. So, we're ready to go. This evening,、um, well, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it's going to be a short episode, right? Because、uh, we all know what happened last time.、Uh, but I'm in the middle of, you know, of course, doing a bit of、uh, video editing. I was able to get something done today. But I'm watching like this fucking show. And I'm on like the last episode of Top Boy. If you're from the UK, you know what it's about.、Um, I guess it's, it's making headlines now because of、uh, the third season is about to come out on Netflix. And you know, Drake is supposed to be producing it. I don't think he's a producer. I think they just, personally, I think he liked the show, reached out to Netflix. They slapped a producer label on him just to give the show more buzz, which apparently worked because it popped up in my timeline. And I was like, what the fuck is this show? And it popped up on my Netflix. And so I was like, oh yeah, that's the show. You know, da 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 da. I heard a few things about it. So I just started watching it. It's a fucking awesome show.、Uh, the Naked Director. I mail my bad. That's getting pushed to the side for this shit because this is like some hard boiled gangster shit, you know, going down in the UK. I'm just like, damn.、Uh, really good characters, really good acting. The,、um, the, in the first season, the、um, sister from Black Panther is on there.、Um, I forgot her name, but it's just a really, really solid show.、Um, really good, well developed characters in, in the. The length of it is t each season is only like four episodes. It was so, like, the first episode, I was like, What the fuck, man? Like, it was, <laughs> it was just like throwing shit at me left and right. And I'm just like, Yo, this shit is real, man. So, 
I feel like I've been watching it forever. I've only been watching it for like three days, and I'm almost finished with the second second season. So I'm just after I finish this, I'm going um take the rest of the night off. Probably I got some family stuff to do tomorrow. I got two days off on the road, cha-ching. Um, so I got family stuff to do tomorrow though. So um. Yeah, so I'm just going to take the rest. I, I was able to get some shit done earlier at, at work, a light day at work. So I figure I'm I'm good to kind of log off for the rest of the night. Uh, have a bit of, you know, see, as soon as I say that, I'm starting to yawning. Um, have a, you know, a bit of me time, you know, and um, finish up this last episode before I head off to bed. But, and, 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 you know, uh, rip and run with the family in the morning. But, before I do that, I gotta at least record a great episode and now um get to uploading it in a couple of day in a day or two. So tonight today, today, um I'm not gonna be eating anything strange. Sorry. I'm not gonna be uh reading anything and I'm not gonna be actively searching for shit online. Sorry. Mm. There have been, a, a, but I am gonna give you lots of stuff that you can check out in your free time and in your leisure for your own education edutainment well it is edutainment right education and enlightenment education and entertainment about japan so um you know again i've I've been trying to take this a bit more seriously over the past few months so um just in my leisure time at work i'll just kind of scroll through the headlines if there's anything that 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 pops up that i think will be good a jumping off point for either you to do your own uh, research and read through it your damn self or for me to you know expand on i think that kind of formula is starting to really work well for the podcast again because you know all i need is to talk i can just look at the headline and be like oh yeah i can talk about it. i explain this shit and talk about that and go off on it or you know vice versa i'm pretty sure piece of stuff, shit that people don't know about japan that you can read read a bit more in depth on your own so so that's how um of course, not every time, but uh, as far as a basic flow to the way things are, I think that's that's a good way to handle things. So that's how I'm going to handle shit until further notice. So here we go. All right. So the first thing I got <laughs> is something wacky, right? Something wacky for you is um, on YouTube. What I'd like for you to do whenever and now or whenever you have time, again, to, I'll give you a second to get pause the podcast if you're not able to or you know pop open an application or get a paper or whatever whatever the fuck you want to do just to get some of this shit ready to write down so the first thing i want you to do is uh go down you're gonna go down the rabbit hole right of um ufo noodles japanese commercial so ufo noodles is a fucking and i'm just looking at like this i took a screenshot of it and um yeah, there's a few compilation videos. It's just a bunch of shit. Um, I think uh, YouTubers react to it as well. Um, you know, it, 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 they're like I see their commercials on TV here pop up sometimes, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Because the commercials are just so fucking crazy. Like I, I won't even go into some of them. You just gotta like watch them, but don't let that be representative of all Japanese commercials. Like, Japanese commercials are are weird. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, <laughs> they're pretty fucking wacky a lot of times. And half the time, I, you don't even know what the fucking product is until, like, halfway through or at the end of the commercial. Um, it's, it, 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 it just be something completely unrelated that they just want to, like, push. 
I don't know. Like I, I remember one time I was watching um a few weeks ago this Sprite commercial, and it was like, it was um this girl in the office and she's bored, and then she like. I don't know, somewhere jumps up, grabs a Sprite or something like that, climbs to like the window, jumps, there's like a diving board outside the window of her office, and then she jumps off the fucking office building into like a pool of water and um, hops up all refreshed and is just like, hey, Sprite, or some shit like that. And I was just like, what the fuck is the point of that shit? And I was really confused by the commercial because it, it was like in the middle of summer, it was popping up a lot, like about a month, month and a half ago. And it just confused me every time. I'm like, are they advertising Sprite to office ladies? Like, young women? Like, what the fuck? You know, and I, one of my students, I think a few weeks later, was uh, in the advertising business. Or I forgot who he was. He, he, he had in-depth knowledge. He was either working for a drink company or he was in the advertise drink advertising business or some shit like that so i could ask him directly and the lesson we we had a chance i was like can i ask you about this fucking weird ass commercial and he was like oh yeah this one yeah well this is actually targeted towards young men men and i was like that makes no fucking sense he was like oh you see that girl the main character yeah she's a really popular actress or young actress. That's why. And I'm like, I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? And like, uh, that's how kind of advertising here goes sometimes. It'll be like, for a Western mind, like the most obscure as shit. But to ad agencies here, it makes sense. And I think sometimes to Japanese people, they don't even know the fucking point of the shit sometimes. But it's just like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know. But UFO commercial, UFO noodles is definitely one of the wackiest ones ever. So don't take that as like an indication of like the shit that you'll see on TV normally. Normally you'll just see some shit that just seems kind of put together incorrectly. You know, it's like not one of these things doesn't belong. It's like four of these things don't really belong together, but they're all just like mixed together in a commercial and it just looks kind of weird, you know, kind of like if aliens made commercials that they think humans would like. It was kind of like feels like that watching commercials here as a Western person a lot of times. And it's not really an indication of like, from my perspective, of like, you know, Japan being a weird, crazy place. Oh shit, look at these weird Japanese people. It's just more like, okay, I don't fucking get it. <laughs> You know, like, what the fuck, what, you know? But then again, like, mm. I gotta be fair, the opposite is true when I kind of explain um, commercials to, I show students some commercials from America, and, you know, I have to explain, like, especially, I'm like, yo, if you want to know, that's what I do, too. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, getting further and further out of touch with um, American society, Western society in general, so... A great opportunity for me to figure that out is during football season, football, and especially the Super Bowl, uh, watching commercials, you know, through my interesting means of watching stuff online. I'm going to leave it at that. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like. You know, like you, I, I commercials pop up, and I'm able to kind of get a fe better feel for like, oh, that's what's kind of the vibe is in um, the West. You know, just from 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 analyzing the the commercials on there. So, and you know, for me, generally in the West, you know, um, 
I would say in things that Japanese fi- people find strange about Western commercials, especially American commercials, let me say that, is they're very much emotion driven, you know, especially advertising products. Japanese products are, are pretty much advertised based on the function of the product or, you know, the service of something. But I definitely picked up that American commercials are basically based based on feel, you know, this car like a Lexus commercial here in Japan will talk about the features and the safety and all that shit. But, you know, in America, they'll really push the feel of luxury or the feel of exhilaration or, you know, or something that you'll get from the from the vehicle. I think a student pointed that out to me a few years ago. Or the themes that are generally, that I, I believe it's three that I tell students to really look out for as far as like American commercials. It's either wacky, fun, craziness, sex, you know, or heartwarming kind of things. Generally one of those three themes are, are kind of, um, you know, or, or adrenaline, I believe you can put it as a subcategory for um, wackiness. You know, yeah, I would say like adrenaline, you know, adrenaline or testosterone, if you will. Um, oh, yeah, adrenaline or testosterone. Um, wacky, something wacky is going on. Something heartwarming. Or, I forgot the last one already. Fuck it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Tomorrow's my day off. Fuck it. All right. All right. So, so definitely go down. I encourage you. Go down the rabbit hole. It'll mainly be for entertainment purposes. You'll definitely say what the fuck several times. If you curse, you'll say cuss. Curse, sorry. If you cuss, you'll definitely say what the fuck several times. I'm just warning you. Like I've literally been thrown off on watching these commercials come on TV. And it takes me a good 20 seconds to be like, yo, what am I watching? Did the TV just turn to like get possessed or something like that like it just is on lsd trust me but it is entertaining after a few of them you'll kind of get a feel for the wackiness and it is kind of entertaining so just go with it trust me all right i'm not going to do that much olympic bashing in this episode but um there is an article which is pretty comical for me because the topic is can tokyo's efficient rail system handle olympic strain and it's um a japan today article give it a read for me, my money and everyone I talk to, the answer is no. It's going to be a fucking shitstorm. You already know it. But just a bit more information uh, for you there. Uh, what else do I have for you? Oh, let me read the topic again. Uh, can Tokyo, the, the title, Can Tokyo's Efficient Rail System Handle Olympic Strain? Right, is, is, the, is the topic. And, and again, read that. That's from Japan Today. Uh, it should probably just bring you up to speed on. Um, I again, I didn't read it just because I already know the answers. No, but <laughs> but um, again, well, one more Olympic thing. Um, it, it again, I think I believe the Olympic and Paralympic um, news stories are starting to bubble up a little bit. Uh, one, another one from Japan today is about the Paralympics. Is Paralympic chief says Tokyo Hotel's biggest concern. Once again, Paralympic Chief says Tokyo Hotel's biggest concern. Uh, give that one a read. Uh, you know, if you if you're interested in, in some of the challenges facing uh, preparations for the Paralympics, or if you're thinking about coming here for that, um, or know anyone who is, 
yeah. So ah, this is good actually. I did actually did read this shit. Um, this is a bit deep, and I encourage you if you're either coming to Japan for work, especially yeah, especially working with Japanese people. All right, I I gotta kind of talk about this a bit. Hold on. Hold on. Let me pause this shit and get some more wine because I I got a feeling this might be a few nuggets. And I let me get all sauced up so I can kind of talk a bit more about it. Hold on a second. Okay, okay, we're back. All right, so um, this article is actually one I did read several days ago, which is um, a Japan Times article, which is uh, entitled, Plan Your Response Before Taking on Passive Prejudice at the Office. Once again, Plan Your Response Before Taking on Passive Prejudice at the Office. And this one's a bit deep, right? And it is something that you're going to kind of have to encounter if you work with Japanese people, especially if you're in the minority. You know, fuck that. Even if you're, you know, I'd say a mixed office environment, unless you're, you know, like in working in the conversational English industry, it's a bit different. And I can give you a bit of insight on that um, or the Akaiwa industry, as it's called like here, but it's a bit different and in a bit of a different world. Typically, if you're if you're going into that, I won't get too deep into it. But one thing you'll need to understand, which I didn't understand until after I got here, was you'll have like a company, right? And in in the Akaiwa industry, the conversation again. If you want to know what Akaiwa is, is E I K A W A, and that's pretty much generally how a lot of people. Um, with uh, you know, no formal teaching experience, really come into Japan, right? Um, and now either that or as an ALT, right? So, um, pretty much the one thing I it took me a while to really understand and get, and, and I think in talking to some of the Japanese recruits as, as well into the company I'm currently working for, that on the Japanese side they don't really understand that they. C- kind of mask a little bit <laughs> it's kind of swept under the rug is that if you work for an a kaiwa company um you'll have please understand you'll have your japanese colleagues and you'll have your foreign colleagues right and there's a huge split down the middle between the japanese side and the foreign side your colleagues, you work for the same company but you don't really work together you work alongside each other right so Typically, you'll have like a foreign manager and you'll have a Japanese manager. And and they work alongside each other, but technically the Japanese manager is outranks the foreign manager in a lot of different ways because it's a Japanese company, um, the majority of the vast majority of the time. Um, But it's kind of like the foreign manager is kind of like the shepherd dog, if you will, and the Japanese manager is the farmer. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Now the the uh, so and of course the teachers are the cows, right? We milk, we give the milk that you know the cons- customers drink. This is actually getting pretty deep and it's kind of making sense. I told you, get me all sauced up. I start talking, right? So, um, think of it like that. You're the milk producing cow as an English teacher. You're sque- you know, they're squeezing your nipples and. <laughs> <laughs> they're squeezing your nipples to get that English, that that milky English, right, out of you. <laughs> that's what people sign up for. So, 
Um, the shepherd dog is there to kind of keep you. And I mean, not in a cynical way for me. Some people take it very cynically, but I, I'm very zen about the way a Kawa works um, or the way the system works. I've talked to several coworkers who are not, don't have that, don't share that feeling, but I do, right? It is, it is what it is. And I tell people, especially for the company I work for, either you're using the company or the company's using you. That's the way it goes, right? So... I joined my company to lend my services to them to get what I need to get, the resources, the time, the freedom I can get to chase my dreams. But anyway, back to my farm analogy. So, um, the, yeah, like I said, the Japanese side is like the farmers. So, you know, the farmers are not in the field running around chasing the cows, making sure they come in, making sure they go out. They're not really doing all that. They work with the shepherd dog, if you will, to make sure like everything stays in line and whatever they need to do. They have kind of like a symbiotic relationship, but there is like a clear separation between the duties and the functions of the two. That's kind of how it works between the Japanese staff and the foreign staff. And what I see happen is with, and please don't be this person. What I see happen is like a lot of times, like the Japanese staff are a, a lot more overworked, overworked, if you will, than the foreign side. So like, especially a new teacher who might not be as busy, you know, the Japanese staff will be friendly to you. Hey, how you doing? And they'll take that as a time to go over and small talk and do shit like that. But these motherfuckers are busy, man. Like, stay. they're not, like, on your same plane at all. Not like they're above you or anything. They're just on a different vibe, a different wave. So, like, your time and their time are completely different. And culturally, Japanese people are not that confrontational. So I've seen people who, who don't really know about Japanese society and time management and things like that will take a person smiling at them, listening to them, you know, um, just nodding and smiling as an indication that they're interested in what the fuck you're talking about. But really, they're just waiting for you to leave so they can get back to work. So, you know, but 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 then they're not going to tell you, hey, I'm kind of busy now. Can we talk about this later? They're not, nine times out of ten people are not going to say that to you, you know, especially like younger coworkers. Maybe senior coworkers might say that. But um, senior managers and shit like that who are used to this situation might do that. But a newer person around your age group is really going to hesitate to say that to you. So mm. that's just something like you have to kind of understand. Like wherever you go, nine times out of ten, your Japanese cold, cold I'd say nine times out of ten, probably ten times out of ten, your Japanese colleagues are going to be busier than you. Right, that's just a fact. So the one thing to do is stay the fuck out of their way in the office, right? Like let them come talk to you. Don't really go talking to them. Keep it short, keep it sweet. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, goodbye. That's it. Don't bring your Western standards of work office culture. Why are they so cold? Why don't they do this? Sometimes they are actually, you know, sometimes it might be that that they're just like cold and assholes. But still, generally speaking, like the business culture on the Japan side is completely different. So, you know, coming over, just waltzing over like, hey, what you doing? How you doing? Hey, yeah, I'm going out this weekend. You know, water cooler talk isn't really a thing here. I mean, it is, but on the Japanese side and in Japanese and they do it in a very Japanese way. You know, even me in Japanese, when I have that type of water cooler conversation with the Japanese staff, it's typically like one on one It's not in front of other people. It'd be like one on one for maximum three minutes. 
that's like three minutes is like a long small talk, you know, a water cooler type conversation. Unless the person is like nobody there, it's early in the morning or late at night, they're the only person, and that's it. Like that like as soon as someone else comes, I wrap it up and I get the fuck out of there. Like literally that's how it is, you know. And I don't take it anything personal. That's just the the culture here and that's something that's a tip that I would encourage you to do especially if you're working in a school or things like that don't I've heard people say like the Japanese co-work yeah yeah okay let me talk about this other shit okay um for ALTs I've never personally been to ALT but I can kind of get an image about what it's like I was kind of this close to being, being an ALT uh, when one when my the first company I worked for went bankrupt long story not gonna tell it now okay um <laughs> but but um, um, at that time, I was like this close to becoming an ALT. And I've heard some stories from ALTs from both sides, actually, um, from students who work with ALTs and people who are ALTs. And it sounds like, here's what it sounds like to me. From the foreign, again, this is my speculation, but, but I'm just going to give it to you what I hear in my perspective. It sounds like what goes on with an ALT, again, a person who's like an assistant language teacher who goes into a school and, and teaches for a specific period of time. Generally, they're outsourced from a third-party school, Never, almost never really hired directly. It just doesn't really happen. So you're going to go through like a service, a, hire, a recruiting service kind of thing. Your contract is with that company, and they'll place you in a school and might even bounce you around. I don't really know the details of how that shit works. But the important thing that I've picked up on in my image and perception of it is that to the foreign person, they're like, hey, we're working together. You know, I'm a teacher. You're a teacher. We're in the same school. Let's be colleagues. And on the Japanese side, it's not like that at all. It's like, you are here to do a specific task. That's kind of what it is. It's like, we need you to do this. All this other shit, like, we don't really need your input on anything else, right? Sit in the corner. You hear, we, 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 no one's going to fuck with you. But you're just going to be like, you're going to get a window seat, right? You're going to be in the corner. This is, you. you just don't get in the way. Don't talk to us really. Don't. I mean, we'll, we'll be friendly to you. Hey, how you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Again, like like I talked about, I believe, in the first episode of the podcast, keep in mind, Japanese people will, you know, uh, I believe what I say, give you a chair, but they won't give you a pillow, right? In these type, This is one of those situations where, you know, you'll get a chair, you know, you'll get a seat at the table, you in this in your office environment. Oh, hey, good morning, good afternoon. Here's your desk. Here's blah blah. blah. But you're not gonna get a pillow. You're not gonna be able to spend the night. You're not gonna be able to make yourself comfortable and feel welcome. You know, like at all. And don't take it personally. Is my advice. Like, don't get become bitter. I've heard several people become bitter about this shit. That's just the way it is. So. I've heard several stories and read shit about ALTs having tons of free time, four or five hours with no one talking to them, and they're just sitting there at the desk day in, day out, bored out of their fucking mind, and, you know, it starts to fuck with them. Like, don't be that person is my my recommendation. Go into their understanding that this is what it is. This is the game. This is what it's about. So, like I said, use the situation. Don't let the situation use you. Um, And, I mean, 
don't think of it like they're using me, you know, fuck you guys. Like, I don't mean it like that. I just mean like, yo, you're there to meet a specific need in a specific role and there's no love loss either way. You know, you're not going to hesitate to say, fuck off, you guys, I'm going back to my country. And they understand that you're not in it for the long haul. That's why you don't get a seat at the table. You're not going to be there for 20 years with them. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I think, the part that Western people don't really understand. Like, they know from the jump you're only going to be there for a limited amount of time. So they know from the jump not to invest themselves in you because you're just going to leave. And being, and if, you, if you're a long-time listener for the podcast, you understand that one part about Japanese society is that being a, being a member of the group is being responsible to the group, right? Being dedicated to the group. As a guest, you have zero responsibility. You have zero liabilities. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You're free. Yay. But you don't get welcomed into that circle because that circle comes with responsibility. And they know you're not there for that responsibility. So there's just a waste of time to even try and like engage with you on that level. That's how I really think Japanese people feel about it. It's not cold. It's not, it's not malicious. It's just like, yo, you're a fucking tourist. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of thing. So... Do some touristy shit. We're here doing some real shit. So can you just like let us do our shit and you just yo you you got your shit over there. So if you if you play your position that way and if you're able to play your position that way, your time in Japan will go a lot smoother. But hmm, there are gonna be times, which will lead me back to this article. There are gonna be times. Da, 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 da. Sorry, that was a terrible. We are the world. Um, Lionel Richie impression. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, again, the article is plan your responses before taking on passive prejudice at the office. And again, if, you, if you're one of the blessed people to like actually, you know, be able to get into like a Japanese company or a foreign company here based in based in Japan. Um, this is going to be something that pops up. And I think it is related to what I talked about before, not only limited to the uh, conversational English industry, but I think the same principle applies where the Japanese people have their core group of people. And again, even if you're a long-term colleague, uh, and you'll probably read in the article, I read it, but I kind of forgot most of the shit, but I'll just kind of flow with my take on it. And then you can kind of, you know, take what you can from the article but like i said before about you're a tourist or you're not really you know invested in the group that goes culturally right even if even if you're working for a company let's say you're working for facebook japan there's going to be like the japanese side and 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 the foreign side just naturally even if you work close side by side with each other that's going to rear its head just culturally speaking or um, language-wise, there's going to be some situations where there's a clear line in the sand between the Japanese way of doing things and the foreign way of doing things. And when that situation happens, Japanese people kind of are more kind of like close ranks, close kind of close ranks, if you will, around each other. You know, and that's kind of how they deal with subconsciously it's not like fuck this guy it's like a lot of times it really is subconsciously that people say and do shit they're just like whoa what the fuck man you know um because it's just like well we're just japanese that's just what we do like it's just like a reflex like fuck it we're japanese like it's japanese time go it's like someone blows a silent dog whistle and everyone just goes into like japanese mode you know 
<laughs> and I mean, not to be demeaning or anything, but you just have to understand it. Like, even my wife, my family, same, my in-laws, same thing. Like, I, you know, my wife is like, sometimes she'll go in the moments of appreciation where we're like, yo, you're really like an understanding person. I'm really lucky to be with you because it'll be moments and I'll recognize them like, okay. They're just doing some Japanese shit right now. Like, I just got to just stay the fuck out of the way. No questions. No, hey, what's going on, guys? Like, hey, can you include me? No, no, none of that shit for me. Just, like, shut the fuck up. Get in the corner. And then, like, I mean, I'm not, like, curled up in a little ball. Like, like a little fucking, you know, service dog or anything. But, like, I understand it's my time to play my position. Stay the fuck out of the way. And let the Japanese people do their shit. Like, just do your thing. Like, oh, okay, fine. Like, and I remember, <laughs> I remember, I was like, like at a family. I'm not, I'm not gonna give too much detail about my personal shit like that, and especially like my wife's family stuff. But I was at a family event like a few weeks ago, and I remember like <laughs> we were sitting down and eating, um, and yeah. pretty much like. I was sat down and I looked at the dynamic because there's certain dynamics of a room that where it's based, it goes way back to like samurai culture and stuff like that. Um, I forgot the exact name of it, what it's called. I'm not going to look it up right now, but basically pretty much anyone seated by in certain positions, there's a hierarchy of where people sit depending on a room. And, um, Pretty much if you're in like a traditional tatami mat room with like tables and shit like that, the lowest ranking person sits by the door, right? It just naturally the way it happens. And people naturally understand the order of things and naturally, sometimes it's planned, but sometimes like people just naturally like sort things out. And so we were sitting there eating and then I took a second and looked around. I was like, wait a second. I'm like right by the door. <laughs> it's like about... 20 something people in this room and i'm literally like right back to the door like right in front of the door and it goes back to like a samurai culture kind of thing if you think about it where um you know if you had factions meeting and things like that where um the shogun or the highest ranking official would be furthest away from the door in case there was an attack or something like that where everyone can kind of close ranks around and defend like the highest ranking person but the the lowest ranking person is going to get it first basically you know they're going to come through the door and, and you just done so it is traditions kind of like continue through time from that and in business culture is it, that's also an important kind of thing as well An unwritten kind of thing that everyone acknowledges and knows so i looked and i was i looked around i was like huh i am so the lowest ranking person in this room right now you know and i didn't get up i mean i'm not gonna lie for a second i was like motherfuckers like <laughs> for, for, a, for a second i'm not gonna lie i did kind of like damn it you know kind of thing but then i had to kind of like Akil, chill out like this is blood you're through marriage you're the foreign person and it wasn't like push the guy there kind of thing it was just naturally kind of happens that way you know so yeah that's one of the things like that kind of I could say something to my wife like damn it why do I have to sit by the door I could say something and people might accommodate me you know my wife might want to switch seats with me or someone else might switch seats with me but 
you know, like, then I'm making a fuss. I'm making it about me, you know, and not about the group. And that's the most un-Japanese thing you can do, pretty much, right? In my opinion. Some people, and, 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 and again, that's what it's, I mean, kind of like biting your tongue um, for, like, the greater good. And sometimes it does, like, um, manifest itself in, in, like, someone might say something that you think is out of line. You might think it's borderline racist or prejudice or whatever. And, you know, like, it, the, the article goes along with it, like, and talks about some of the possible consequences, especially if you're in the office with a bunch of coworkers that you deal with on a regular basis, which I don't really have to deal with. Again, my Japanese colleagues are kind of, like, on a little bit different plane than me, but I can imagine, like, that shit like that might come up if you are, for example, the foreign person working for a Japanese company or, you know, working in, like, a very international kind of environment. That Some of those situations might come up. And you got to deal with them gracefully because if you... You can, you know, it's like one of those things you can win the battle and lose the war, because, especially because Japanese people are so non-confrontational. And I remember one one time, I won't say the company's name, but um, a very, very, very large, uh, I'll just say beverage company, right? And I remember there was a beverage company. I won't say alcoholic, non-alcoholic. I'm not going to go into details in that, but very large beverage company. And... Um, one of my students at the time was an executive for this company, right? And dude was an asshole. Like, totally, <laughs> I remember he was a total asshole, like comically asshole. But I mean, very, like I had to kind of laugh at him because he was a very, very Japanese old school. He wasn't that old, but he's like a very, very old school way of thinking Japanese dude. And so some of the shit that he would say was, you know, very like, whoa, dude, you know, talking about these women. I mean, and don't don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not I'm going to say this, not summarizing all Japanese men think like that, because I was even me. I was just like, whoa, dude, like I'd never heard like a Japanese dude that age, especially talk like that, you know, like, yeah. And I just let him go. I just because it's like. I'm like a psychologist. I'm like, let me let me hear what goes on, what you're really thinking, and you're like my test case, you know. And so that's that's kind of how I use my job sometimes. Um, and so he's just like, yeah, we now you know everything's all messed up. We have to hire women as managers, and we have to hire foreign people. Uh, you know, he's just like women and foreign people. Uh, I'm just like, are you serious right now? I just got laughed. Like, I'm just like laughing out of the absurdity of the shit that came out of this dude's mouth, right? But one thing he said that was really interesting, which gave me insight about this type of shit, is he was talking about the president of his company. His company was like internationalizing, and previous company company president, um, previous or current, I forgot, it was a few years ago, was a foreign person. And this person came in and really tried to implement implement a Western way of doing things. It was like, okay, you guys, like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? We got to do this. Duh, 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 duh. And he was basically saying that, like, in a meeting, this person would go in and, you know, bark out a bunch of shit. Yo, we got to change this. We got to get it done. And all of the Japanese staff would just kind of like nod, like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But when the meeting was over, 
everyone would really like subvert everything that he does. And he's like, why aren't you guys doing it? And, they, and you know, the more he pushed, the more they pulled away. It's kind of like the wall of pillows kind of thing. So there was really no, never any solid target, any person for him to fire. No one's doing anything directly to like go against him, but no one's with him. And the more he pushed his agenda and the more he tried to motivate them and strongly give his ideas and strongly implement his strategies, the 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 more the Japanese people who were under him went against him. And the more like they kind of subverted him every chance that they could do, dragging their feet, I don't know, being, you know, kind of shit. And eventually the dude got fired, you know, is what happened. Um, and, you know, because he couldn't really mesh with, he couldn't really roll with the punches with the Japanese way of doing things. And I believe like this article, one one of the things that I took away, I remember taking away from that is, again, and which I encourage you to understand, is especially in Japan, like you can win the day. You can, because people are, again, not confrontational. So you can win an argument fairly easily, actually, especially if you're doing it in English. You know, again, people might not have the vocabulary, might not have the confidence in their skill, might not, it's culturally might feel awkward for them to speak up in another language and challenge your opinion you know especially you you can imagine the way foreign people talk like you know we're a bit debate you know we're, we're openly debate but in japan you gotta understand like a, a debate is a fight you know what i'm saying there's i have to explain to my students like there's in japanese culture there's two levels there's discussion and there's a fight or argument sorry not fight argument there's discussion and argument that's it but in the west we have three we have discussion debate and argument and a debate is not an argument so you can have a debate you can have a heated debate but that doesn't mean that you're you know say arguing with a person or angry with them that's not the same in japan so if you're openly debating someone the Japanese person is taking it as you're arguing with them and you're being combative with them. So going back to what this article talks about, like if you if you hear my encouragement, if you hear something insensitive, if you hear something, you know, that you don't like. I forgot exactly what the, the, their advice was or if they even gave advice. My advice would be um, pick people off one by one. And that's how you do it, really. Like you're, you, you got to be a ninja about it. Like, you know the culture, the atmosphere of something is really changes not like the going back to the meeting with this con with the company, for example, a meeting is a formality in Japan. All the real shit gets decided before the meeting, even within my family. Like if I want to do something, I won't like, Hey, let's have a family meeting and discuss it. I'll go talk to my mother-in-law. I'll go talk to my wife. I'll go talk to I'll go talk, you know to my dog. I'll go talk to you know I'll talk to like other people individually in my family here, and then so that then the atmosphere kind of shifts, and when we all come together, either they talk about it without me, or you know it just naturally happens that way, or it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes like what we're gonna do tomorrow is probably not gonna happen the way that I imagined originally, because I kind of gave my two cents here gave my two cents there heard another side to it one-on-one -on -one, like okay fair enough and then naturally it just kind of disappeared just poof it's just gone into the ether like that's just kind of how it happens sometimes but for me to just make us stand up and be like hey you guys i think we should do this in front of everyone people don't really respond well to that here in the west though we do because we get together we'll 
debate it out all together, and everyone will kind of come to a consensus, you know, majority rules kind of situation, and that's that. Japan doesn't really work like that. So um, my advice to you would be to, again, dealing with these type of situations, especially here in Japan, you, you know, you, you got to either be pick people off one by one, but the important thing I want you to do is hold your breath. Hold your breath, especially, you know, unless you hear someone say something blatantly racist, use like, you know, a slur or something like that. Like, unless I hear someone do something like that, I'll generally hesitate to step in and just wait until I can talk to that person one-on-one -on -one to really say my two cents or, you know, try and change the dynamics or atmosphere of the group. And um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I'll take it. And generally, like speaking, Japanese people don't even, I've never really had a situation where someone said like a slur, like a Japanese person said like a racial slur or something like that. Something where I'm just like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, especially against black people. I've never really had that situation. But if it did come up, I'm sure that would be something that other Japanese people would be kind of shocked by. But again, they would hesitate to kind of, generally speaking, would hesitate to jump in and correct that person because Japanese people are not that confrontational like that. So um, in that situation, I would kind of probably take the mantle and speak up just because I know I'm speaking for the rest of the people in that situation. So again, it, it, it gets deep, but read the article. Um, it's cool. So woo, that, see, I told you, give me sauce up, man. I got some shit for you. Um, let me keep scrolling through. Um, there's a few more funny things. Um, just something you can noise pollution, Japan's noise, Japan's problem with noise pollution. It's a Gaijin pot, Gaijin G A I J I N pot blog. Again, Japan's problem with noise pollution. Noise pollution is a problem here. It doesn't really speak for itself. I won't really go too deep into it. Um, where else? Uh, there's one more. <sighs> okay, I'll give you one more. Uh, five, against another Gaijin pop blog. Uh, five of the most terrifying Japanese mascots. So, Yurukara is something that's really, really, really... Oh, no, just, I got two more things for you. Really, really popular here. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like basically, every prefecture, all to my knowledge, every prefecture in Japan has a yudukata, which is like um, the article will talk about it. Um, which is pretty much like a mascot, and some of them are weird as fuck. But you know, representing whatever they want to like push for their town, their prefecture, whatever the fuck. And um, yeah, some of them are popular. A lot of them are not. But it became like a thing like several years ago. So they're just all over the fucking place. Sometimes I see, I've even seen them walking around Shibuya and everything. I don't know what the fuck they are. Like, you just don't know. But apparently there are a few weird ones and they give you a list of some of the weird ones in this article. So definitely check that one out. All right, I'm going to give you one more quick thing. I'm going to get out of here because I spent a lot of time on the um, minimum article and I want to watch my fucking show. Right. <laughs> Sound way too casual about that. Sorry. All right. Um. This is something that came up today. It was all over the news. It was all over Twitter as well. Um, Japan. I'll just give you the Japan Today one. So Tokyo ranks world's safest city for a third consecutive year by EIU. 
Tokyo ranked world's safest city for a third city for a third consecutive year by EIU. Again, I don't need to I don't need to read. It speaks for itself. And it's true. You heard me talk about it a lot. Like again, Tokyo is pretty much the safest city. Like me being a guy, I don't never you know big six two black dudes. Like I've never felt any besides that time with the bottle. I know. <laughs> Just talk about before. Like I've never felt any type of like. Um, but outside of the natural disasters, any fear for my safety or anything like that. And again, it is not perfect. No city is perfect. That's the one thing I encourage you to understand about living in Japan. It's not going to be perfect. It's not your fantasy land. It's not fucking dreamland. It's not going to make like your fucked up life a lot better. Like there are going to be shit. There's going to be shit that you're going to discover that you don't like about living here. That's going to be a lot more difficult than you expected. The shit that doesn't make sense. But as far as safety concerns go, for me at least, it's this by far the safest place I've ever I've ever been, you know. And um, I mean, yeah, that's why I really enjoy staying here. I enjoy my peace here. That's the one of the number one things I enjoy about living in Japan is the amount of peace that I can feel walking down the street, living my everyday life. Like the one, like one, my spidey sense is turned off here. I've talked about it before. You know, and um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for my son. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Of course, I'll have to instill to the best of my ability that into into him in a controlled type of environment. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to put that into him now, but I don't want him to have the hangups that I've had um, in life. You know, as far as like always being on defense of other people and things like that, especially growing up in D in Washington D.C. Um, nothing wrong. like again. I love Washington D.C., but for my son, I would. I think we all want like better for our kids than we've had, and not like I'm you know, pity, have a pity party for me or anything like that. But you know, for him growing up in this safe ass country, and you know, being able to live his life, knock on wood, ideally, and be the best version of himself that he can be, you know, unhindered by you know, the possibility or the threat of, like, shootings, random violence, robbery, drugs, you know, shit like that, like, I think is a fucking beautiful-ass thing and something that I'm definitely going to strive to, like, protect and and um, and nurture, you know, within him. But also, at the same time, let him know about the world at large because that can lead to naivete, which is also dangerous in and of itself. So I kind of... I have some ideas, some drills, how I'm going kind of you know, work with him again in the future. Um, but for now, he's, you know, he's two and a half. Like, I want him to fucking read the cat in the hat and go to sleep safely and not hear, like, gunshots and not hear violence and, and you know, like, that type of shit. Again, in the future, he's going to know what the fuck gunshots like. Yo, when you hear this shit, you better run, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but, um, we'll get there sometime down in the, in the down the road, so. So, all right, y'all, um, I'm going to leave it there. I'm pretty happy with the way the podcast turned out. Gave you a big chunk. We had 50 minutes. Again, again, longer than I thought, but hey, it's all good. It's all good. So, um, enjoy your week. Good talking to you. And I'll holler at you next time. <coughs> what the fuck? <coughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> mm. All right. Well, holler at you next time, y'all. Peace.